We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I think I queefed when I lost my virginity. I've been queefing since I was 16, that means. My name is Hannah Dickinson, and you know, here we go, another week. Hope everyone had a good Memorial Day. I know people in the Ozarks certainly did. What the fuck are you guys doing? I get it. I want to party too. I want to make out on a dance floor. I want to be 23 again as well. However, hanging out in a dirty pool is not really a good idea. That pool looked gross. First of all, it looked like a P after a UTI. All my ladies will understand that. Yes, it was hydrated. It wasn't yellow, but it was like a murky. Like there were definitely fluids in that thing. And I was very disappointed to see that. I was also jealous. Don't get me wrong. Certainly jealous. Uh, There was a video going around on Twitter. And I I screenshot it and was like zooming in. I was like, are these guys hot? Weren't hot. We're not hot at all. I was supposed to be in London last weekend for Memorial Day. That didn't happen, which was a bummer. But I tried to get my parents to speak in a British accent the whole weekend. It made me feel like I wasn't missing anything. They refused. They were like, Hannah, you're a child. I was like, true. I'm 28 and a child. Yeah, so my episode today is another two-parter because the first hour and a half, I I thought the sound was kind of off, so we re-recorded a little bit. And so towards the end, the last 30 minutes, I would say, is me telling Chelsea, when I start telling her the qualities I'm looking for in a man. So men, write it down, take notes, get ready. My guest today is great. We started stand-up in L.A. together about seven years ago. Seven? Seven years ago, yeah. And um, I was so intimidated by her because she's so hot and, like, she wore really nice clothes and she had designer bags and she didn't smile that much. And uh, not because she's, like, mean, because she's from New York. And I didn't realize, you know, I hadn't lived there yet. I didn't realize that people don't really smile. I don't really smile. But she's such a sweetheart. And she's so funny. 
and she's such a good friend like I've talked about my struggle with sobriety it's less of a struggle and more of a uh, me just talking about the drugs I do which is just mushrooms twice we're, we're we hit them twice people I'm, I'm becoming a toad head toad mr. toad the mushroom head see I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I'm not a druggie but uh yeah so she's just yeah she's been really helpful because sobriety's fucking hard and she's killing it she always gives really good advice and she works on herself a lot and she's just a really good person and I look up to her a lot she's great so let's get into my episode with Chelsea Skidmore hell yeah did you color your hair it's temporary so it's gonna come out did you do this manic panic spray no I did the L'Oreal maybe it was definitely not L'Oreal it was like what kids use no, did you use the Manix? I did, and it, it's a temporary spray. And then yesterday, I woke up. I wish I could show it to you. I have, like, a super swollen area, like, right behind my ear. Hold on. Jaggy, no. Chelsea has a dog. He's he's biting the curtain right now. He was like, I'm just going to rip it off. He's being crazy. Um, yeah, it's, like, super swollen right here behind my ear, and I woke up with it yesterday. I went to the doctor today. I'm wondering if it's from the hairspray. He was stumped. He like literally was like, I don't know what that is. That's so weird. Was it weird going to a doctor right now? Yeah, I was like freaked out, but I kind of felt like an asshole because it was like 80 degrees today and I wore like a t-shirt with like gloves. (laughs) You're like assholes out and you're like, but my fingers are covered, so I'm fine. (laughs) I felt like an idiot because it's like, I know it's safety. I know it's protection, but there's a little part of me that feels like an asshole being protected or like overly protected. Like everyone has the mask on. We're over that. But like the gloves and they're also like gloves I took from the comedy store kitchen. So they're like baggy kitchen gloves. It's just a weird vibe. And no one had gloves on in the office. And to the nurse, I was like, should I take these off? And she was like, I mean, if you want to, we do have plenty of hand sanitizer. I was freaked out to be there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're an asshole. I feel like when I see someone not protected, I they look like an asshole. Also, this woman was with her kid outside the supermarket and she had a, her and her kid had gloves and mask on. But then she put her mask down to smoke a cigarette. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm not a fan of wearing the masks. I don't feel like I can breathe well, like they're annoying. I know I had one on because I had to go into Walmart to pick up a trampoline that I built for myself. Really important. I was going to order uh-huh. a trampoline this week. It's so fun, but I will say this is embarrassing, but my bladder control is not great because I think because I've had so many UTIs. So if I bounce for too long, I start peeing myself. I thought you were going to say because I had so many abortions. (laughs) No, I've actually had zero abortions. Me too. The zero abortion (laughs) club. People are always surprised by that. They're like, really? I know. I know. It makes me feel I'm always like, Stephen, like, I hope when we try to have a baby, I can have one because I've never been pregnant. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah, I worry about that, too, that my eggs are just kind of fried at this point. They're over medium. They're fried exactly. from all the pot they smoke? Yeah, well. Is that a sorority sweatshirt? Yeah. I So I'm living in my parents' basement, and I came straight from Miami, so I don't have a lot of clothes. So I've been wearing my brother's clothes and my sorority letters. I feel like I'm back in college because I'm wearing men's clothing and my sorority letters. It's funny that you're wearing that because the other day I saw these like young people on a walk and a girl had a Georgetown sweatshirt and I was like, that looks so cool. Should I pretend I went to an Ivy League school and get like a Harvard sweatshirt? I have so many Harvard sweatshirts. But that's like a joke that's like over too. But it looks cool sometimes when you see someone in like a college sweater. 
that's from a good school. Yeah, you're like, wow, that person's smart. Because you're close to Georgetown right now. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a party there. How did that go? I imagine it wasn't that fun. Those kids aren't that fun. It was weird because I was hooking up with an older man, like before I lived in LA, before I moved here when I was in New York. And I flew to Georgetown and his kids were going to college at Georgetown. How the fuck old was this guy? I don't know, 50. And we stopped by a college party that his sons were at, at Georgetown. Isn't that weird? Okay, yes, because he was like, I want to show off my my play thing. Was he trying to show you off? Yeah, exactly. Was his son embarrassed? I think it's like a pro- an ongoing issue, just like the dad. There's already a lot of damage there. And he was like, let's stop by this party. And you were like, okay. I was like, uh, do we have to? Like, can't we just go to the restaurant? <laughs> That is so funny. How did you meet this guy? Through a friend of mine. But I met him in New York and then I went, it was just kind of like, it was like after a breakup. Those are always the worst. Yeah, and they're like, come visit me. And it's like, you want to like fly somewhere and like be in an uncomfortable situation that makes you hate yourself kind of thing. And then you think it's going to help and then you're like, this sucks. Yeah, that's how I feel like all of my relationships are just constant rebounds of someone else. So it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I just keep spiraling until I mean, until you I end up I'm... in a mental hospital and then you find your husband. That's my story. So it's like a process. I know we haven't talked in a really long. Well, I guess I feel like we text and stuff. And then that was so funny. I, I was like listening to your podcast because one day I was just really down in the dumps and you put out your podcast with this episode with Sarah. Yeah. And you guys were talking about <laughs> positive energy and all this stuff. And then you were talking about this drunk girl who but got on stage. It was like, and I was like, I didn't listen back, but I know I didn't. No, I wasn't offended. Like when I texted you, I wasn't mad or anything. I was like, is this too cocky to text her that I know it's me? Because Chelsea had been like, oh, this she was really funny, but she just gets so drunk and she looks so drunk on stage. And I was like, I mean, like, that's me for sure, but it would just be embarrassing if it was like, no, not you, you're drunk, but you're not that funny. Well, (laughs) it's like, you know when you're like, they're not gonna listen. Like, they're never gonna make the connection, you're not gonna get caught. But I'm just grateful that this time, I truly said nothing bad about it. And I I like racked my brain and I was like, no, I can like own up to that because I know I was like, she's very, very funny, but like, yeah, she she did get like really drunk sometimes. You're very honest and blunt and in, in, you're very New York in that way. So you would have said that, to, you have said that to my face. So I, I wasn't offended at all. That's the thing. I, you're very um, intimidating, but then you're like it's the nicest so person. It's so weird when people, I, is that, that's like an initial impression you're saying. Yes, initial impression. But like, even when I texted you to do this podcast, you wrote, yeah, sure. And usually I'd be like, oh, fuck, this person doesn't want to. But I'm like, nah, Chelsea really wants to. Yeah, I do. Yeah, sure. That's like a hell yeah from Chelsea. I was, I was so ready. I was like, when is she sending me the link? Um, no, I, I, it's funny when people say that I'm intimidating because I'm like, yes, I, I can come off as a bitch. But it is like that blunt, direct New York thing. Like in New York, like nobody would ever call me a bitch. You know. Yeah, I I don't think you're a bitch at all. It's also, you just, if you don't want to do something, you're honest about it, which I think is just a a trait of maturity, where I'll fucking drive to Canada because someone asked me to pick something up for them because I'm so scared of them hating me. And then I'll talk shit about them the whole way. Whereas you're like, yeah, (laughs) where you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And then just move on with your life, which I admire. 
I appreciate you saying that, but I think I am also like a pretty big doormat. I do have like a level of codependency and I am afraid too of like people not liking me. I've gotten a lot better about speaking my truth, but it can be hard with certain people. Like one friend of mine and like, see, I'm getting into that thing that I just got myself into. She just like, sometimes she'll just have like this energy that makes me feel like she's mad at me. I mean, I'm sure we all know someone like that. I just don't have like the guts to be like, hey, are you okay? Like, I'll just ignore it. Yeah, but I also think that's a little different in the sense of if that's that type of person, you're like, well, do I really want to fight about something small or do I want them to get over it on their own? Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, is that not connected at all to what you were just talking about? <laughs> no, it is. I No, I understand what you're saying of like, because that's being non-confrontational, but I think that's smart because if someone's always getting mad and you give in every time, then they're just, you're letting them be mad. Whereas some situations, it's like, you shouldn't be mad at this. I'm not even going to give in to like this crazy emotional yeah I'm not like that kind of a person I have this whole idea about myself where I'm like I'm such a chill person but like I don't like pretend to be mad at people I don't play games but is it the people who think they're like super chill people are not the chill people yeah that's hard to say because sometimes I do think I meet people who I think are really fun usually it's always the people who are very fun initially or really in your face and love doing stuff and calling you all the time. I think that's a red flag when you first meet someone <laughs> and they're very nice and they want to hang out all the time. It's like, this is not you. Why do you want We just met. And then that usually is a crash and burn relationship. Mm. But I don't think anyone's chill all the time. I think that's impossible. What do you feel like in terms of like friendships, New York versus LA? I do think that people in LA are nicer to you when they think they can get something from you. Honestly, it's more comedy versus outside comedy. Like my friends who are not in comedy, I trust with everything and people not in saying you, but comedians are crazy. I mean, I'm crazy too. I can be, but it's more that. How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, I felt like in New York, like my friends would be like, how are you? And it'd be like, I'm good. But like in LA that, you know, that's equivalent to oh, what are you working on? I just feel like if, if I, that's like the biggest number one thing that I noticed when I left New York and I came back home, um, on like a vacation, like if I started, if someone was like, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, like really good. You know, been getting up a lot. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Your family good? You know, like no one wants to hear that shit. Yeah, when people are like, how are your parents? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, honestly, like to bring it up to the present during this like quarantine, I've relaxed into it a lot. And I really don't miss that crazy career grind, compare and despair. Like I'm doing work on my own at home. I'm writing, but like, I don't know, it just feels good to not feel like obsessed and, and comparing yourself. Shit, it's, it's off again. Fuck, these aren't good headphones. These are like trash. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Now I can hear you. Maybe I just like can't move at all. Yeah, you just have to stand I'm there, sorry. Like... No, I'm sorry. This is the home <laughs> podcast deal, right? Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is also a new podcast. So who the fuck is li knows who's listening to this? Literally, my mom. My mom listens to every single podcast I do. That's so cute. It's not because she'll like often, we've gotten in so many fights. I'm like, I'm going to stop talking to you if you try to tell me how to live my life. My mom used to be the same way with my Twitter and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, then we're not going to have a conversation. If like that, if you want to look and find something, I mean, we're all human. So it's weird now that we're both adults. They're never going to look at us like adults. We're always going to be their child. How often does your mom visit you? Because she's in New York and you're in L.A. 
She comes here a couple times a year and we talk all the time, like literally every day. We definitely have like a codependent relationship. You talk to your mom about sex then, right? Or did you ever? Not really, but like she's told me things like I didn't want to know. Like she'll more so get more revealing about her stuff. Like her sexual experiences? Like, for example, a guy that she was dating, she was dating this really crazy guy. They were in a super toxic relationship. And he had, like, an ex-girlfriend who was, like, always kind of, like, in the radar of, like, their life together. And she called my mom and was like, just to let you know, Victor has herpes and now you have herpes. And my mom told me this. Oh, my God. I don't know if she has herpes, but it's like, why are you telling me this? Why would you, I'm your daughter. Like, I'm not your, like, best friend. Like, why are you telling me that someone told you you might have herpes from a guy that you're, like, I just feel like she, like, really crosses boundaries with me. So that's what you said to her? You're like, why would you tell me that? I was like, I don't want to know that. I mean, she's told me, like, a hundred things. This guy also used to be a porn star. The guy she's dating? Your mom is dating an ex-porn star? Um, I don't think she's dating him right now, although I don't know. But it's that same guy. Another guy she was dating, get this. She was dating this guy for a long time and then she went on his computer and she saw he was on Craigslist in the sex section. And she was like, yeah, I saw that he said like six inches of hard dick. And I was like, I don't want to know his dick is six inches. And he was like in the trans section, like trying to fuck a tranny. But like, so she told me that shit. And that was like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. That is insane. Yeah, so shit like that. Like, I don't like reveal that kind of stuff to her, you know? Yeah, I do feel like most people wouldn't, but if you're if you're your mom's best friend, I feel like who's she going to talk to about that? Because that is so, that's personal shit. But... I'm like, is she telling her other friends that? Because she does have like a few girlfriends, you know? She always talks shit about them to me too. I She's like wrote me into her friendship circle. Have you guys always been this close? Or when did you get this close? I don't know. I mean, it's been like before, when I was like a stripper, when I was 23, she found out and she drove me one time to work at scores and let me borrow a pair of her earrings. And that was when I was like 23. It's been like this since then. I can't remember. I, and I remember I'd be like high on Coke too before I got sober and she knew about it and we'd be like fighting. So like, I don't know, like, I guess probably like my whole life, I guess. That's crazy she drove you. I know. I'm still upset I mean, about it. Why? That she wasn't like, don't do this? Yeah. I just look she back just... on it and I'm just like, that was so fucked up. Yeah, but I guess I think when your parents tell you not to do something, it makes you want to do it more. So maybe she thought if she told you not to be a stripper, it would just push you away and make you want to do it more. You know, I was also like not sober then. So I'd be like, I'd get like very angry and I'd be like, it is what it is, mom. So it's like you're up against that it's kind of like there's no other option like I'm gonna do what I want to do kind of thing like I I was always like a very rebellious troublemaker kind of a person which is funny because you're not I really was my whole life like I growing up I went to the principal's office every single day from like second grade to senior year in high school I was always getting into a lot of trouble I was like always super fucked up and like there was a lot to deal with why I don't know I was just like a tr- I was like a straight up troublemaker I was crazy and but you grew up in the city or no Westchester 
Yeah, I guess it's weird. Like, for me, I always feel like my mom's mad at me or getting in trouble. Like, if I told my mom, there would be no way for me to be a stripper. Like, it wouldn't even have been, like, not saying, not sh- not shaming or whatever. whatever. Like, it's no, not, I don't. My mom would have gone into that strip club and yanked me off the. <laughs> off the pole. Off the pole. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. She would have been like, absolutely not. My mom would have done that if I was in high school. My mom would do that now. So like one time my mom picked me up when I was in high school and I was completely shit faced and she turned right back around and drove back and was screaming at the people we were with. So it's like she did do shit like that when I was in high school. But like, I think at this point I was like an adult. So she probably like I was already living on my own in like my own apartments like I was making, I was like completely independent. So I think if she wanted to be a part of my life, then she had to follow along with my decisions, I guess. Now that's the way my mom is. She knows that if she tries to put her two cents in, it's just, she's just not gonna, but it is a hard balance of, cause I still see, feel her disappointment in every decision that I do. Even if she's not, doesn't find out about it. I'm just always like, oh fuck, my mom's gonna be so pissed. Were you closer with your mom than your dad? Growing up, it would always be like, ask your father, like if I would be allowed to go do this kind of thing. Like my dad has always been the one that was very chill from like 18 to 25. I would like, you know, go to the Soho house with my dad in the city and we'd be laying by the pool, like getting drunk. I'd be having my friends come up there. We just like bonded over like New York nightlife and like fabulous things and parties and like you know would talk about clubs and um now my mom and I bond over toxic relationships with men but now you're not in one you're in like a very happy marriage with a great guy I am totally but like when I get into a fight with Steven I will call her and like tell her everything and she'll be like well I guess you're gonna have to get a divorce she always tells me I'm like I'm gonna get a divorce I'm like what I'm like, why are you jumping ahead? Like, she's always like, well, uh, he's crazy. She's like, he always gets crazy around a full moon. She's like scorekeeping on Steven's moods. But she loves Steven. Yeah, she does. He also like can get crazy. He's very moody. You know that, right? Um, not, I don't think I saw, I mean, I, I, Steven and I are pretty close friends, I guess, but I didn't really see that side of him, no. I just, I could tell he always liked you. Yeah. It was like his mood was kind of like based on what was happening between you guys, kind of. Yeah, it was very cute. And now he gets mad when I don't give him space. So it's like we came out the other side. Yeah, that's how relationships work, right? Someone's obsessed with you. That's been like the biggest issue between us. Like in the quarantine, you know, we have like a one bedroom apartment. So I'd say if starting this week or last week was like the second half of the quarantine, the first half was like spent with us fighting a lot and him saying I was like really needy and not giving him enough space and he can't get anything done around me. And I asked too many questions and I talked too much and like we did like a couples therapy session and like we're reading books and like I started like, you know, I don't know if it was entirely my fault, but it it evened out and now we're pretty cool lately but it's like it's good yeah but it's like I'll call my mom and be like he said I talk too much you know what I mean and just like I don't know it's inappropriate I'm sure yeah no I think it's healthy I mean I think it's better to call your mom than a friend because you guys have mutual friends so it's a little weird to be like oh Steven did this she's always gonna be my side yeah that's true 
Which like That's sometimes true. you want, like, you know, you call like a handful of people, but you want someone to like take your side too, just to make you feel good. I know my friend the other day when I was talking, cause I was talking to her about the John situation. She was like, I mean, don't play victim here. Like he, he's always done this to you. So, uh, I hate that friend. It's like, shut up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course I saw it coming, but like, I don't need to hear it from you. Like, I hate that. How long have you and Steven been married? 81118. So two years, two years this year in August. Oh, wow. And you guys were, Chelsea and Steven were best friends before. Yeah, for like five years. And then he was obsessed with you. Yeah. I mean, and like, then I you feel were... like a dick saying that because I don't like to walk around being like, he's obsessed with me. They're always, in the beginning of relationships, there always has to be a pursuer. Yeah, totally. And like, I was telling Steven, you know, when we were getting into these fights, I was crying and I was like, you know, it feels really uncomfortable to feel like you're the one who loves someone more. I know that's not the, the truth, but like in the fighting, it doesn't feel good. I was always used to being the person who is pursuing guys. I was always attracted to push-pull, hot-cold relationships where I would be the anxious attachment going for a guy who's avoidant. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I'm that person too. Yeah, and um, and then, you know, it was great because like one of the great things about being with Steven was like, he was the one who I felt like loved me more. Like I love him, but I felt like, like I was like, he loves me like so much. And then when he started to get annoyed with me, I was like, now I feel like I, I didn't like the uneven ground. Yeah, I that always happens in my relationships, but I think, or whenever guys pursue me really hard and then I'm like okay great and then they're like actually I didn't think this would work and it did so I don't like you at all it's it's so weird yeah Yeah. it's exhausting is what it is and that's why I'm obsessed with relationships it's so hard to figure out like I thought you just got you turned 25 and got married I just thought that's how life worked 25 though yeah I mean I'm from Virginia people get married at like 15 really I mean I just knew a lot of Mormons growing up so people got married at like 2021 20, and my friends are Christian. So they're all married or engaged. So I thought, you know, I'd find someone because my mom called me a late bloomer, you know, and then it's like getting harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also I live in New York and L.A. So or I lived in L.A. and now I live in New York. So it's it, it's not the best dating pool. Yeah, I was one of the last people I felt like out of my out of like people I knew growing up back home, like everyone had already gotten married and stuff. Like, I feel like I'm always like the last one, like a lot of my friends or people I knew who are not in our field all have kids. When do you think you want to have kids? So it's like, dude, it's getting harder and harder not to let them come in, mate. Truly you know we talk about it we want to we have agreed that we just want like a little more financial stability you know yeah it's weird seeing someone develop do you know what I mean like my friend from college I'm gonna be in her wedding and I was like I feel like it was like I feel like my mom I'm like I feel like it was just yesterday when you fell down the stairs and like threw up all over yourself like what happened to that I know it's uh, like crazy yeah because how long did you and Steven date before you actually got married I want to say we started hooking up at the end of October, early November. Then we dated for like 50 days and then we broke it off. And then there was like a period of time when we didn't really talk. We started hooking up again, like pretty quickly after he moved in in April. He proposed to me in July. And then maybe a year later, we got married. 
I guess because how old were you when you, how old are you now? How old am I? I'm 32. Yeah. And he's turning 40. I'm turning 33. So what? Fuck you. I guess when you know, you know, because that like seems quick, but it's like you guys had known each other so well. Totally. It is so, you know, you know, like you hear that. And like, the thing is this, it's like, we were best friends for five years. We were so close that like the moment that we did finally hook up, it was like, oh, so we're doing this. Like we're doing this. The only thing that was like a little hard at mo at first was like for me, I think to like commit to the idea. Cause I think I was like a little afraid because it did feel unfamiliar to have something that was like healthy to have a guy that like wanted to be back to, you know? And I describe it to like my friends as like a trust fall. Cause it can feel uncomfortable when you're in a healthy relationship if you're not used to one. So I said that I kind of trust fall back into it. And like what um, changed all that was one day he was coming over and we were going to hook up and like do this like role playing thing. He was fixing my credit. So I was going to like repay him sexually as like the person who like hired him. And I was curling my hair and the iron fell like this and it burned me right here. I still have this burn. I don't know if you could see it. Ugh but it completely burned me and then he like came in like 20 minutes after my burn and then he took me right and i was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you drove all the way here we're not gonna get to hook up now and he's like i don't care all about all that like let's go to cvs right now and get you some bandages i was so used to like being like sorry sorry like i ruined everything he like got me all these things and like I was just like watching it all happen and it was like a moment in a movie and we we're walking back towards his car and i was like I don't want to be with anyone else. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't want to be with anyone else. Like, it was just like one of those like mo movie moments. You were the guy holding the boom box outside yeah. CVS. Well, it was, I was, yeah, I was like, I'm ready. Cause like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like for a couple weeks before that. And then he was like, okay, cool. And then we just like drove home in his car. He put the bandage on me. And then it was like, it was just like after that, he was like, great. It and is then he so moved in and then we we're like, yeah, let's get married. I guess that's why I, because I told you about my recent situation with a guy I was friends with for so long, and then he turned out to be a piece of shit too, so I was like, God, like I really thought, I don't know, I guess I always trusted the movies that we'd end up together, and then I was like, well, it happened with Chelsea and Steven, so that's probably what's going to happen, and then it didn't, and I feel like I can't see red flags, but then I talked to my mom about it, and she was like, I mean he's a loser yeah <laughs> like that's all she's she a fucking she's like, loser well i guess that settles that then i guess <laughs> thanks for your support i don't fully trust what he said it sounds like he's scared but he's also a piece of shit for not being forthcoming with his feelings and just how he handled the whole situation so he's just an immature loser ultimately you know <laughs> see this is the attitude i like if he was like 25 I'd be like, he doesn't know what he's doing. But like, I feel like when you're 32, that's enough. Like now you're a loser. I just feel like my judge of character, especially with guys, is always so off. I, you know, I had that too myself, but like there's something still that doesn't add up about this situation. I know. The case and isn't I, closed. I keep, ex well, cause I blocked him. Cause I, I told him, I was like, I'm gonna block you on everything because it's just so toxic. Cause last time, we went through this. I was like, please don't call me. And within a month, he called me. He's like, I can't just, like, not talk to you. So I was like, okay, I have to block you then because, like, this is the only way I'm going to be able to move on. But I keep expecting to get a burner phone, a call from, like, a burner phone. 
I like got a random number today. I'm like, oh, that's him. He's gonna tell me he's in love with me. No, it was my doctor. I owed him four hundred dollars. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Yeah, isn't that uh, the best? Like an ex of mine, we had a very toxic relationship, and we would constantly break up and block each other. And he must have made like five different email addresses that was like, what the fuck, Chelsea at gmail.com, like trying to get my attention. I miss those days. Of the toxic relationship? No, of just like a guy who would take the time to make a secondary, third, fourth, fifth email to get your attention. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen with this guy. I mean, he's dating a girl who's, you know, 20 years old, so. Ew. Yeah, I'm like, she's a junior in college. Um, Okay. But it feels when you feel so crazy it's hard to especially being in my parents basement Mm -hmm. and just like having no outlet of reality really so i'm just sitting here in the billiards closet yeah with the chokey in the background i just sometimes sit in there and cry and think about things but it's that's what's the weirdest part about all this is like i feel so out of touch with reality and usually i can focus on stand-up or i can focus on work and be in there but when i'm in my in this basement and i i'm not seeing anyone i'm like it's all i can think about and it's it's the worst feeling in the world but i hate to say it now you have plenty of time to work on yourself i know i just started seeing a therapist yeah Um, she wants, yeah, she wants me to give pictures of myself when I was six to, like, fall in love with myself again. Everyone's That's getting so- with their inner child, Hannah. It's the year of the inner child. I can't, I'm so fucking lazy. I can't even find myself to, to get the photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm seeing her twice a week because she's like, we need to double up. Athletes do two days. I'm doing two weeks for my mental health. What I will say this about, like, you know, when you want to be in a relationship and you, like, are ready to find someone... When you kind of like make that decision, you know, I think there, or after like a breakup or something, there is like a level of like rebuilding yourself that has to be done. And, you know, like I had like a really bad breakup right before me and Steven started dating. And, you know, I did like a lot of work to repair myself. Can I share with you some examples that you could try? I would love that. No, I want this. So one thing that you've probably heard about, um, which is something a lot of people do in recovery in 12 steps, is that you write out a list of your ideal mate. Have you heard it? Did we talk about that? Yeah, you have told me to do that. And I did write out a list. um, And I just like hate myself so much. It was like, I started making jokes. (laughs) Like, I was just like, small hands. So you probably weren't ready. When did you do that? You're like, last night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah literally that's why i was late signing on no last, <laughs> no, <what's, laughs> no like a year ago you told me to do this and i was like oh that's such a good idea and then i felt so like silly wanting something um basically what you said i wasn't ready so maybe i should when i'm ready yeah so you write out a list of all the qualities that you want in a partner so for example i might write something in the past like um sense of humor like introduces me to their friends isn't afraid to hide me on their social media which like sound like jokes but those were real things that guys weren't doing that made me feel uncomfortable like they were embarrassed and and hiding me you know likes to go on trips like trustworthy honest emotionally available vulnerable uh you know good relationship with their family because to me like if a guy doesn't have a good relationship with their family they might you know, be sociopaths, things like that. So you write out the list of all the qualities that you want. 
So that way, when you go out and you start meeting people, you're like, oh, okay, this person actually doesn't fit that thing. So like move on from them. And it becomes like pretty clear. So not only does it give you clarity in your mind, but it also puts energy out into the universe. Like when you take an action, it creates like energy into the universe. Then you have to be those things. So if you want someone who's emotionally available and vulnerable, you have to be emotionally available and vulnerable. And you're attracting at the level you're at. Another That's, thing. Okay. No, please. I need, I need all the help I can get. I'm reading. I have all these books. I'm like, how do you like yourself? So I was in these crazy, hot, cold relationships. And I did this thing that a lot of people, some people are like, that's sweet. Some people are like, that's psycho. But I wrote a list of a hundred things I love about you. And I gave it to him. My ex-boyfriend did that for me. I've done this for three guys. They love it every time. But what I realized was I need to do this for myself. I was putting that out there so much for these guys. I need to do this for myself. So I did it for myself. And this is after my breakup when I was trying to rebuild myself. And it really helps you learn to love yourself and to, um, you know, like recognize like a lot of positive things about yourself. And it's very hard to do. It's really fucking hard. It, it, it's going to take like a fucking week sometimes because it's not easy for us to come up with all of these things. But you really have to take the time and sit with yourself. And it's just an exercise in self-love. Then there's the whole thing of dating yourself, buying yourself flowers, taking yourself out to a dinner, like self-care, like putting a face mask on, taking like a bath, like, you know, and then if this was a normal day, you would get dressed up and do your hair, makeup and wear a cute outfit and go out and feel good about yourself and like, just shit like that. Yeah. So that stuff helped help me like rebound into like myself. Because that last breakup got pretty, um, I mean, yeah, it got pretty wild. Yeah, I relapsed. I tried to kill myself. I was 51 would and it got dark so quickly. And um, I think I like attribute that to all of my bad relationships coming to like a head at once and just like kind of snapping. Well, that's how I felt. I was like, why does this always fucking happen? And at some point, I do need to take responsibility and say, what the fuck am I doing attracting and hanging on to these guys who are, like, literally running away from me? And I'm like, no! I also, like, loved assholes. I was really attracted to dicks. But you know what? I think, like, in the end, I was very emotionally unavailable. So, and I had very low self-esteem. So I think I just didn't want to be seen, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I think it's good that you're looking at the patterns and like asking yourself why you're doing that. Like, what is it about going out with someone who behaves or acts or treats you a certain way that's like, okay. And it's so confusing. And I, I feel guilty about that too, because my parents have such a good marriage that I'm like- Dude, your dad is I'm... so hot. Okay, this is inappropriate. <laughs> Literally, people say that to me and I'm like, what do you want me to say to that? He's not, I don't know. I guess he's not, he's not bald. He's so hot. I couldn't believe he's your dad. But yeah, your parents are like together, which is unusual. Yeah. So I do feel this pressure of like, I need to meet the perfect guy because I, we need to have the perfect marriage. And I, no one in my family has been divorced. My grandparents, my aunts and uncles. So I didn't even know people really got divorced until I went to college and all my friends' parents were divorced. And it doesn't mean they're, all of the people in my family were happy. 
my grandmother, I was like, oh, how'd you know Daddy Bob? Like, my grandfather, how'd you know he's the love of your life? Which also, I realized I've been calling my grandfather Daddy Bob my whole life, which I realized how weird that is. <laughs> so I'm like, Daddy Bob! Anyway, um... Why do grandparents like, always have... People always have nicknames for their grandparents. Like, how did Meemoth and Peepop become a fucking thing for people? Because people didn't want to be called Grandma and Grandpa. I've always called like... mine Grandma and Grandpa. I never had a nickname for them. I mean, mine was Dodie for my grandmother. Dodie? I, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's because my cousin had a speech impediment, I found out, and it just kind of caught on. And then when she, like, was about to die, she's like, you know, I always hated you guys calling me that. And I'm like, well, it's a little late. Was her so. name Dottie? No, her name was Janet. What was he trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just found that out later. I was like, oh. I thought that was her name until I was, like, 15. Wait, that's, Which is when did old. she tell you she didn't like that? Literally, like, two years before she died. I mean, but I think I get that trait from her. Like, she didn't like her name for 25 years. You don't like Hannah? What's the trait? No, no, no. I'm saying she didn't like her name for my whole life. And then she just, like, kept it because fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. I am, uh, my parents thought my name, by not putting an H in the end, it would make it original. And I'm like, it just really complicates paperwork, to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't really make it fun. But yeah, so I feel this weird pressure, but then I also go after the worst fucking dudes. Yeah. So, like, can you kind of like notice a pattern between the past few guys? Like, is there like a common denominator? Like, I mean, they just all end up not wanting to commit or, they're just not emotionally available, I think. And I mean, I don't I don't know. I truly don't know why. I guess that's why I'm figuring out in therapy. But I don't know. Why do you think you went for assholes? I think like, um, you know, like growing up, like my dad and like we would all like tease my mom. It was just like what I was attracted to. I don't know. I thought it was like cool. To like assholes? Yeah, but I think it's like also like I was unavailable on my end. That makes sense. When did your parents get divorced? How old were you? 10. But I, I didn't even care when they got divorced. Like, I remember my mom sat me down and she's like, we're getting a divorce. And I was like, okay, like, what are we having for dinner? And she was like, no, Chelsea, we're getting a divorce. I was like, yeah, you fight all the time. What's up? Did she have boyfriends and stuff growing up? Yeah. We, like, terrorized them. I can, I, I can imagine. I, I feel bad for them. and I, don't I, even I was that. horrible to them. Like, what would you do? Well, my brother went out to his car and stomped on top of the roof of the car and like dented it my brother would film me with the camera and we'd like basically make these videos like imitating him and making fun of him and shit and like stuff like that jesus christ like he just couldn't win did you ever feel responsible for the breakup no no it's because my mom found tranny thing on his computer it was that guy Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like that's like a mom going through a computer. It's like, well, if you don't want to find anything, then don't look. But I guess if I think that people are like, oh, girls are so crazy. They're looking through my phone. It's like, yeah, I would never go through a guy's phone. But if I thought he was cheating on me or I thought he was on Craigslist trying to hook up with whatever, I would look through someone's phone. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the healthy thing. It's not. It's definitely not. When I was living in Hawaii and I was dating the guy who made all the emails, I went through his MySpace. And I, this is how long ago it was. And I saw that he had been talking to this girl. And when I showed him the evidence, we got in a huge fight. And he ended up giving me a black eye. And that's when I left Hawaii. And I moved back to New York. So I was like... 
I don't want to go through anyone's phone ever again. Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah. So I just always had, I know. And then another time a guy I was dating his phone, we were like off and on. His phone was just on the counter and I look over and he gets a notification from OkCupid. And I was like, why do you have a notification from OkCupid? And he was like, oh, um, he was like, I don't know. My friend made me sign up as a joke. And I got like psycho and I was like, open up your fucking account right now. And he was like, no. And I was like, open it up. And he finally opened it up and he literally had like hundreds of messages in his inbox. And like, I thought he was my fucking boyfriend. It was like so painful to see. It was just like, I couldn't believe it. The reason I say all this is because I feel like you're always going to find something in someone's phone. So I just never go through someone's fucking phone or their computer. Yeah, I guess that's true. I know. I, I tweeted that earlier. I was like, I'm okay with being manipulated as long as I don't find out I'm being manipulated. You know, things are going great in my mind. Uh, and then it just, you get the r- truth dropped on you and you're like, wow, this is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I mean, since I've known you, we started, we kind of started stand up at the same time. Yeah, we did. And I was so afraid of you for the first six months. What? Six months? Yeah, it was a while. Because Why? You're, because you're so honest. Honesty is terrifying. I was never mean to you. No, I'm not saying this was on you. It was me. I was just like, oh my God, she's like so pretty and like you say what you want and yeah i thought you were funny so you seem like a popular girl and i just wasn't ever popular so i every time i meet someone who i'm like oh they were really popular i just get nervous it's stupid but then i met you and you're like oh i was a girl who didn't know i was hot till later yeah i didn't get hot until i was 16 i feel like an ugly duckling inside like i'm not that person like just last night i was doing some like therapeutic step work stuff with Steven and it was like I always feel like I'm the person on the outside and I'm always over here looking in like in every aspect of my life it's funny how like people will like say stuff about people on the outside but you know it's not necessarily how people really feel no not at all and that's how I feel too is when I meet someone and then when first I get to know them they're like I thought you hated me and I was like I was literally thinking about like do I have bad breath right now I just, I don't like to look people in the eye. I'm like, is my makeup running? It's so crazy how insecure I can get meeting someone new. But I feel the same way. My whole, but I think that's comedy when you're always, you feel like you're always looking in as opposed to being involved. Even when I'm sitting with my friends at dinner, I'm like, I feel like I'm not having the same experience they are. I guess I just, I have a really hard time being in the moment, but you do a lot of, do you do meditation, right? Yeah, I met, I do like the call map. I really want to do TM and David Lynch's place just is not answering like during the quarantine. I'm like obsessed with, I've always wanted to do TM, but I'm like, now is the time, now is the time. They just won't fucking answer. I do, yeah, so I do like the call map. Steven Chance, here's his like Buddhist altar. And um, we don't like do that much stuff together, but like last night I was like having an issue and he like sat with me and like we went over it and like worked the um, AA steps on it. Interesting. See, I have a hard time taking myself seriously ever. So even when like the first step of finding a higher power, I was I was really trying and um, I just couldn't fucking do it. But I guess that's why you have to keep trying. I just can never take myself seriously. Like even in yoga when they're like, say what you want. I'm like, what? I used to be the same way and you'll grow out of that. Were you raised religious? We had like a Presbyterian church that we went to for like three holidays and that was it. So no. 
Yeah, I wasn't, I always wanted to be religious, which is a weird thing. And so I think I'd be into it, but I just, I, I have the hardest time taking myself seriously, but I guess that's just growing out of it. So like 12 step stuff is more spirituality, which is like having a higher power. And, you know, I originally had a hard time with that as well. Like when we do like the serenity prayer, I was like, I don't think there's a fucking God. If there was a God, all these horrible things would happen to me in my life. And like, and then after a while, I just like got over. It's like, sometimes like when you are doing things that are good for yourself, you like fight against it. A hundred percent. Until you're just like, fuck it. Like, what do you got? You know? So it could be like a little resistance of like getting better or like working on yourself, you know, being comfortable, like being in pain and chaos and all that. But like all of that evens out. You just have to like keep going. I know. I quit things very easily. Like even if I go to a workout class, I always leave before the stretch (laughs) because I'm just so over it. I'm like, I'm fucking over this shit. I got to go take a shower and get to work. But there is something to just like sitting and, and trying to do something good for yourself that I just... I feel guilty doing, I don't know why. Whenever I'm doing self-care to me feels lazy. Self-care feels lazy? Yes, like, oh, I'm just taking a break by doing self-care. And then I get so stressed and so anxious that it makes my mind go crazy. And I'm like, well, maybe if I just fucking figured out a balance Mm -hmm. and don't have to be running all the time. Yeah, It's, it's like a practice of learning to do that. I mean, like, it doesn't come naturally to everyone. you know it's like you don't have to put a lot of pressure but just like by starting with like simple things like taking a bath with epsom salts you are the third person to be like have you thought of an epsom salt bath what do you think i did last night uh got eaten up by steven and tried to put that video on instagram again and then took an epsom salt bath you take it after you get eaten out or before Okay, I didn't get eaten out last night, to be honest, but he asked me today. He was like, do you want to be in that today? And I was like, no. I was in a flow while I was writing. I, I felt cool. Yeah. Like, I was more focused on my work. Yeah, you're like, who's needy now, bitch? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like, an Epsom salt bath, like, is great. I, to be honest, like, you have to get used to baths. I would hate baths. I'd be like, they're so fucking boring. Like, you're just sitting here in hot water for, like, 20 minutes. Like, you know, I play on my phone in the bath. Sometimes I read a book or, like... I'll do like a meditation or like listen I mean it's it could be boring you have, you might have to keep yourself occupied yeah I keep thinking I'm gonna take a bath but the the daunting thing is is cleaning the tub oh or is this disgusting no I normally do but like I've been going in a gross tub lately fuck it yeah I guess maybe I'll do an Epsom salt bath tonight and just try to fucking relax it's just I'm like what do you do because I don't want to bring my phone because I'm scared of dropping it but I'm like what do you think about If I have too much time with my thoughts, I just go crazy. Even, like, watching TV is self-care sometimes. I've been watching Good Girls on Netflix. I just finished it, the NBC show. Have you seen it? I haven't, but the billboard is right by my apartment. I love that show. Really? Yeah. There's, like, sex. It's funny. It's hot. I don't know. It's, like, it gets a little repetitive because I think when shows like that and Weeds, they start so high stress up top they try to heighten it and it just gets so fucking crazy but I do really like the show but that has been a good distraction when I find a really good show that's a good distraction uh, did you watch Succession yeah I'm re-watching it so he could watch it but yeah it's just like that to me is also like self-care because like you, you're like you're busy like you work and you're on it and you're constantly creative so like even just to take a time out to go on a walk to watch TV like that is self-care for someone who's busy all the time 
I know. I just started the artist way. Did you do that? It changed my. It changed my life. It did though. I keep forgetting to do the morning pages. I'll wake up and then I'll be walking around at like noon. I'm like, fuck, I forgot again. So then I put the notebook by my bed and then I just woke up this morning and I just didn't even see it. I'm like, I am, I can't commit to one fucking thing. I'll, I'll tell you what, to me, what I notice is like when I set the space for writing, like if I light a candle and I have coffee and I'm, and the sun is shining and I'm writing, it's like euphoria for me. So like, I don't know if it helps to like be facing a window with like a cup of coffee, like, you know what I mean? Make it like a nice environment. Give so much time now. That's so true. And the morning pages are so fucking incredible. I've been doing them for seven years. And you think they help you? Oh my God. You have no idea how much stuff is just floating around out there. It is like a journal, but you're free writing. You're not like thinking about like stuff just like comes out and you're like, oh wow, I didn't even realize like I was thinking about that. So you do, you write three pages right when you wake up. Um, you know, I'm not the best about that. Like I, I, sometimes I do do it in the morning or, you know, like after a little bit after I wake up and stuff, but like, yeah, I think it's the best in the morning. I'm not like the best about doing it every single day. Like I haven't done it in like two days, but like when I do do it, it feels very rewarding. Yeah. I might as well just do it when I remember, even if it's at like 10 or 11 or whatever. Yeah. It's so amazing. And like, when you like get into it because it's like as it explains in the book it's kind of like a process like at first you're just like i don't know what i'm gonna write and then the more used to it you get really incredible stuff comes out the artist way is what got me to finally do stand up it got me to work at the comedy store like so you get so much clarity it's incredible yeah i read chapter one yeah i'm not good at like voicing my feelings and like my issues and my problems and I keep a lot of stuff buried inside and I don't you know always like share how I feel with people when I write like a lot of stuff really comes out so it's really beneficial for me to like know how I even feel to like check in with myself yeah no I uh I'm uh, clearly I'm terrible with my emotions my manager said that to me he's like Hannah I would send you on general meetings to meet people but you don't really uh show too much of yourself I was like, I can't believe he said that. He's just from New York. And I actually appreciate the honesty because at some point, you know, he's right. He's not going to send me out. And if I'm like, "Eh," I'm so scared of showing myself. I've gotten better at it. I think it's probably age and just living in New York and having, you know, someone whip their dick out at like 7.30 a.m. Yeah. But I think New York definitely has made me a stronger person. and Or maybe it's age. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's like, am I a more mature person because of New York or because I'm three years older than I was when I lived in LA. I think it's also experience though. You know, I think about like when I first came to LA and I got set up on generals that I wasn't ready for with like important casting directors. And I just like was a complete asshole. And like now if I go in for a general, I just like noticed the progress that I've made. Like generals I think are always going to be uncomfortable and weird and like bullshitty and like, the bullshitty thing is like a gross feeling. Something that helped me was like, I was going to a meeting and I told Steven, I was like, I'm just like uncomfortable selling myself. And he was like, don't sell yourself, be yourself. And I was like, oh, and that like took a lot of pressure off it. I feel that way too of just starting in LA. I, you know, wanted to be rep by CAA when I had, you know, I had two minutes of stand up. 
but I had a lot of business cards and let me tell you, I still have all of them. We got them made because when we go on the road, when we're meeting people after sometimes when people are like, can I follow you? We just give them a card sometimes. I don't do it all the time. Oh, I guess that makes sense. People on the yeah, road do that. But like when they're good for when you go on the road. Yeah, I was going to say, because Jesus used to have them when we'd go on the road, and that actually made a lot of sense. But I just had them in L.A. in case, you know, I was working the front desk at Cycle House. I'm going to give them out with the shoes. Oh, you're excited. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I had my phone number on my business card. I did not. Yeah, well, if you're on the road, you don't want to be giving some dude in Idaho your fucking number. No, it's just like social and website and email. Well, that makes sense. Okay, well, is there one secret that you don't want your mom to know? What's, like, the main thing you never want your mom to know? I'm so honest and open. My mom's like, where'd you get that couch? I'm like, an old man bought it for me. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I wish I could do that with my mom, but it it, it, it wouldn't stop there. It wouldn't stop that an old man bought me this couch. It'd be... Well, he bought everything man? in my apartment. He, he lives in Georgetown, and that was... <laughs> oh, that's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Should I hit him up? Because I'm living close to Georgetown. Right now he's in DR and he's in- engaged. How old's the girl? Like in her four. Like I think age appropriate. Were you the last one? He was like after Chelsea. I guess no, definitely, definitely not. There were so many. Here's a juicy piece of gossip. Like Ooh. five minutes before this, I just masturbated. Is that gossip or her? Just- Did you wash your hands? No. You wash your hands after? I feel so connected to it. It was a vibrator, but I was like, oh, I should wash my hands. And I was like, this is Zoom. Yeah, I guess I can't smell your. They don't smell. Yeah. I don't know. That's not really gossip, but. Yeah, I texted. Well, I'll probably cut this, but I did text you that Abby Robert is hot. He's so hot. I was. His Instagram popped up, and I was like, ugh. Did you see his black and white photo shoot? Did he post that today or something? No. Well, he, he, he's been slowly posting photos from the shoot, and we're grateful. I guess I never really saw him that way because I was so drunk. But <laughs> <laughs> I tried to set him up with my friend once, and uh, he, like, met her out at a bar, and she was so hammered. He, like, he was like, I think she was going to hook up with this guy by a dumpster, and he, like, saved her. So he wasn't really interested <laughs> in my friend anymore. But uh he's a great guy yeah he's not my type because he's too good looking i feel that way as well he's pretty um one i was working with him at the store recently and he went outside to the patio and was talking to a girl and literally like in less than two minutes they walked away and i was like and he was gone for like 10 minutes and then he came back and i'm like where were you and he's like we just fucked I was like, you just met her and fucked her? He goes, yeah. I, I, He's like, I go up to girls and I say, you want to do something crazy? You want to make out in the bathroom? And then they're like, okay. And then they go in the bathroom and they're making out. And he's like, should we fuck? At the comedy store? Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's baller. I, I used to do stuff like that when I was like really drunk when I was like 15. <laughs> okay. Uh, or not 15, okay. maybe like 17 to 25. The crazy years. I wasn't even crazy when I was drunk. I was just t- sleepy and hungry. But sleepy and hungry. I guess I did have sex with a lot of guys. What are you, but... fucking Goldilocks? Yeah. I'm the Goldilocks bitch. The bears just come in and... They're like, <laughs> get out of my, my bed, food. bitch. You're yeah. like, can I have breakfast? <laughs> and they're like, what are you still doing here? Like, leave. Well, damn. I guess I gotta just hang out at the comedy store patio when this is all over. I'm just kidding. I'm, like, fully harassed, sexually harassing Abby Robert right now. Everyone knows. It's all good. I gotta check out these photos. I, I got a vibrator. Um, I sent got one sent to my parents' house. And, and did God, they know? 
No, because my mom was opening my packages and I was like, stop opening my packages. Why? I don't know. Maybe she was looking for the goddamn vibrator. And, uh, yeah, she was like, what do you, um, what, why do you keep buying stuff? I'm like, Cause I, I don't have anything. I didn't pack to be here for six months. Yeah. But thankfully she didn't find it. But because I yelled at her, I was like, you can't go through my packages. She probably thinks I'm buying drugs or something. But that's so weird. Why would she? My mom actually used to open my mail. So I get it. She's like, oh, it's an accident. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, I know. My mom said that too for a while. She'd be like, I thought I ordered something. I was like, you thought you ordered something. You thought your name was Hannah? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I don't have my glasses, you know. And I'm like, what did you order? You don't even have an Amazon account. You did not think that was yours. Like a parent saying, I didn't have my glasses. It's like, you can't use that for that long. Yeah, Get a new excuse. That's such a mom-dad excuse of like, I didn't have my glasses on. How was I supposed to know your door wasn't locked, all right? Like yeah i could have knocked i couldn't knock i didn't have my glasses the next time steven gets mad at me for something i'm gonna i'm gonna try it i didn't have my glasses he's like you don't wear glasses i need them i guess yeah that's so funny i'm gonna use that too from now on every time a guy's like you're crazy i'm gonna be like no i just saw my glasses on (laughs) yeah um but since last time we talked well right after we talked because you were like make a list of things that you're looking for that you don't want and i was like i started to make a list and then i was like wow my list is like very sad the first one is text me back slash text me at all. But that's that's not because, okay, I'll let you finish. Okay. Seems excited to talk to me because I feel like guys text me and they're just like, even if they text me first, I feel like maybe I shouldn't respond to this because you don't really want to text me. Respects my comedy and doesn't get insecure about it. Likes to go out to nice dinners, which sounds superficial, but. And doesn't ask me to play the quiet game. <laughs> I know that game. I've been playing yeah. the game a lot at home. I didn't ask to play, but but has Steven ever said, "Do you want to play the quiet game?" I didn't verbatim say the quiet game, but like a couple of times a week or or weekly, he'll um like passive aggressively be like, "I just want to like hang out and quiet with you." Like, can't you just like essentially just telling me to be quiet? And my ex used to be like, I just want to have a chill day. I feel like people who are saying, I just want to have a chill day are not chill people themselves, you know? Yeah, because they're clearly in their own head dealing with their own bullshit that they need to like, be like, can you just sit here calmly so that I can feed off your calm energy? Well, what? yeah, and what's weird about guys saying that, it's like, I had no like warning you wanted to just like sit in quiet. And then, so you're like yelling at me for just like being myself and talking when I didn't know suddenly we weren't talking. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, it wasn't like a time when he has to play the quiet game. It wasn't like a time where it was like we're watching a movie or there was, I was like, oh, I thought we were talking. So then it's like, oh, you just don't want me to speak? What, what do you want to do? You just want to sit here? Okay, that's... It's like when you get dumped for not for anyone else, you just get dumped for nothing. It's like, oh, you just prefer nothing than for me to speak. I totally, like, was getting offended with, like, the whole quiet stuff, but I've been trying to... I've been talking to some friends about it and, like, doing a little bit of reading on relationship stuff, and I think what I don't realize is that, um, like, men need to have time to decompress and they get like very stressed out. That's why men retreat, quote unquote, to their man cave. But like, it's it's like after like guys are finished with work or they've had a long day or like some, or they're like stressed, they need to like unwind. And I think I would always think Steven was scrolling through his phone because he didn't want to sit next to me and talk to me. But I think he was just unwinding by going through his phone, but sitting next to me. 
with the whole like being quiet i think it's because guys are like stressed out and trying to unwind next to you and they just want like some quiet for a second to think i don't want to defend them but i feel like i feel like that's something i've learned recently just about like how men are my friend has me reading the book men are from mars women are from venus how's that it's like some of these books are like really just boring you know and like hard to read so and, a book um, look, yeah <laughs> sounds like I, I've, I've heard of it i uh, haven't really tried describing <laughs> what we call a book um <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's just talking about like male and female energies and how we're so different and how like we both need like how women need to unwind like talk about their day and like get into like emotional conversations and men don't need to do that well that's good to know i guess yeah, i'm defending this guy he's probably a dick i mean yeah his name was whitney but i still love him but uh no. Yeah, I guess I should write that down. No more guys with girly names. I know. Uh, I was a guy named Dana. I, I didn't like it. Was he hot, though? Yeah, he was hot. Yeah, I imagine you have to be really hot to pull off a Dana name. Was that in New York? Yeah, he had a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, you can't have a small dick and be named Dana. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd just call it a clit. Yeah. I thought, though, that your list was good. I think, like, the last three were great. I think the first two were perhaps you easing into the exercise and, like, maybe trying to, like, make a joke out of it. Because, like, seems exciting. Well, text back, actually, I think it's fine. Because I have been in relationships where um, where I was dating someone who um, had the red receipt on their phone and they would purposely, it purposefully ignore people and they would and they told me that they did that and i thought it was funny until it fucking happened to me <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah and um classic benji and uh oh and um it's okay i don't think we have this i don't think you guys have the same audience right yeah i doubt it <laughs> um yeah and like so it's like i want to i want to i want someone who will not just read my text message but they'll respond so i get that i think that's fine the second thing though the seems excited i don't know not seems excited i guess that does sound stupid but like doesn't feel so short in that i don't know if it's okay to text them i guess it, that would just be one of like when I'm texting someone, I don't feel insecure the whole time. I hear you. I'm trying to read it. Like, oh, is this a game? Like, I don't understand. Am I being annoying? Totally. What I would say is this. One, you can't read tone over text. True. Two, um, do you write long paragraphs? Not really, no. Do you text a lot of stuff? No. Okay, so then that's fine. Because, like, guys don't like blocks, as Stephen calls it, a wall of words. <laughs> like, guys like very short text messages. And, like, three, like, I wonder if, like, a phone call would be something that might work better for you. So this was actually a little while ago, but I've seen this guy kind of. Like, it was very – it was casual. But I just feel like no matter how casual it is, you could still do the decency of texting someone back. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't hear from him for days and then be like, do you want to come over Tuesday? And I'd be like – you didn't respond to my last message and like oh he would like like a lot of my texts do the like thing and i was like this makes me feel bad anyway he didn't like me but i hate him yeah he like sucked so much but it that kind of texting just drives me crazy it's like i don't want someone texting me a lot don't get me wrong i'm not looking for like love notes but i just don't want to feel i don't want it to feel like constantly a game totally i hate that and like i don't want to sound like a dick but like 
I'm so like the thing that I'm like so grateful, like the biggest thing about being married, I'm like, I'm just happy I don't have to play that fucking game anymore. Cause it always felt like such a fucking game. And then I feel like I lost a game if they don't respond. And then I'm like, I don't know. My therapist is helping me with this. She's like, <laughs> you can't, if you're playing a game, they're fucking playing a game. So you don't, it's not real and you can't read into it. But I just want a situation where I don't have to at all. Yeah, I agree. I think that like, if you play the game, then they're going to play the game. I would always reach out to like someone if I was thinking about them or wanted to see them. And I know that like you say that girls aren't supposed to do that, but I was very much like a chaser. Um, I know that some guys don't like that, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I don't, I'd always be like, I don't want to play this. Like, do you want to fucking hang out? Like, what's up? You know? And also like, if some guy is like not really answering, there's so, it's like, Sometimes we don't realize there's so many other fucking people. I know. There's so many available single people who would love to go out with you. And yet we like focus on the one person who's not answering us or ignoring us. Cause it's like, we want to like win that over. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It was like my birthday uh, was my, or Tuesday. And it was like really nice people who reached out and like also were in quarantine. And like, I forget about people's birthdays all the time. Like it's no one's responsibility. But I, like, thought about a couple people who, like, didn't... And I was like, why do I immediately do that when it's, like, I'm so thankful for the people who did reach out? Like, I am, but then there's a part of my brain that goes to those people. But in an AA meeting, a girl was saying that she does that, too. And so I'm like, maybe that's just the alcoholic in me. or But also, maybe that's just human nature. I think it is. It's kind of like how you hear every single comic say the whole thing about you know, you'll be having a great set, you'll look in the audience, everyone's laughing and having fun, and then you'll see one person with their arms crossed who look like they fucking hate you, and you'll focus on that one person. I can't tell you how many times I've heard such, like, a wide range of, like, like, huge comics say that and laugh about that. Even, like, Sebastian was, like, it bothers me so much. And, like, I used to think it was just me who felt that way and something I couldn't get over. So I think it's just kind of like human nature. Like everyone wants to be liked. I know. My therapist keeps saying like, if someone doesn't like you, that's not your problem. I'm like, I somehow know how to make it my only problem. Like, (laughs) I think just to being in this situation of like not seeing people, I just get so in my head, like, is everyone mad at me? And it's like, actually, no one's thinking about you. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think most people are really thinking about themselves. Yeah. Well, that's all we can really think about. My friend Madison is in Maryland right now. Oh, we never met up. You should go. He has a chicken farm now. Should I go to his chicken farm? Yes. He's so close to you right now. You should go visit. They have like a whole farm with like all these chickens and ducks. He's like starting a chicken business. He moved there. And he was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to live in New York. Well, he went to his friend's farm and then they just started a chicken farm. I just thought he's your neighbor. Maybe you can hang out. I'll go see him on his chicken farm. I mean, maybe at this point, I'm like, Like, are we looking into every type of person? Are we looking into chicken farmers? I could see myself settling down on a chicken farm at this point. I feel like you people go through like phases of people they like. I I only like felons and guys with tattoos. Like, I feel like- What? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, felons only. Like, if you didn't go to jail, I didn't want to hook up with you. Till how old? It was like early 20s. I had a prison pen pal. What? Like you were writing, did you find, because I know people used to find hot guys in prison online and then write to them. That's what you did? There was one exchange. Like he sent one, I sent one, and that was it. How did you guys meet? 
we never met in person, but like I saw it off. A- I would hope not. Yeah. And I sent him a letter and then he sent me one back. And I think it ended there. This is before you got sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like probably 25. You got sober at 27? 26. And then I relapsed after three years. Technically, I would have, I've been in a, I would have seven years, but because I relapsed, I now have four. Yeah, I saw your post about it. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard. I guess for you, you can't count. You have to count after you relapse. But I think of you of being, as, as long as I know you, of being sober. And even when you had that relapse, I was like, it's kind of like when someone gets sick, it felt like. <laughs> like, you were, like. I was like, hey, are you all right? You're like, oh, I'm in the... Anyway. Can I say anything crazy to you? You weren't responding to texts. And then, no, I was just like, because Steven went and got you, right? No, like, oh, yeah, he came over. Like, a bunch of people came over to, like, kind of, like, rescue me. Yeah, I think I saw you right after that. And you were just, like, at the comedy store, and you are like, yeah, I kind of had, like, a... <gasps> oh, yeah. Like, when I came back and I was, like, mentally ill. Yeah, but you held it together pretty well. For everything that had just happened... I felt insane. I couldn't even count the money in the register and someone had to come over and count it for me. Like I was so like, just like out of it. Well, you know, I mean like, it was like a lot of crazy stuff that happened in two weeks. Like, you know, I relapsed. I went to like a rehab for a second. I, um, then I like tried to kill myself pretty much. You know, I took a bottle of Xanax after doing Coke for 16 hours. And then I, um, went to Cedars for the night uh, because of that, because of like this OD. And then they had to 5150 me at a mental hospital because they said I tried to kill myself. I just like snapped, I don't know. Just like a little emotional break, a little cute emotional breakdown. Yeah, I mean, that, I feel like that happens right around. I mean, I just turned 28 and I was like, am I having a, med- a psychotic break? Like, is this my Amanda Bynes moment where I fully just like get a face tattoo and have a child? Looking at her, like, whole thing makes me just so sad. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't follow her, but my friend sends me all her stuff. It feels like, you know those movies like Blow or, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, where it's, like, really fun in the beginning and then it crashes and then they lose everything? Her life feels like the last half of those movies where it's like, fuck, this is so depressing. Yeah, she's, like, so mentally ill. I want, she, must be, she must have been doing meth, though, I feel like. Or heroin or something, like something really hardcore. I mean, look at Britney Spears, you know? She's like snapped from reality. Yeah, do you think that was meth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was smoking. I think when she was like wheeled off in like the gurney that time, you know, at her house, like probably 10 years ago, you know, Britney 2008 kind of thing, when she had the umbrella. She was smoking meth, apparently, like in her house. Have you smoked meth? Yes, have I smoked meth? No, I have not. I'm like a PG like drug addict you know what I mean like it's like I'll like drink way too much I'll I'll smoke weed and I'll like take mushrooms but I like won't touch anything with a needle because I hate flu shots yeah I I hate yeah I've never I don't like needles either have you done coke like twice in my life and what do you think I mean I saw how people get addicted like it's like fun or whatever but it also gave me the worst anxiety the next day to the point where I like thought I was gonna kill myself Dude, the next day, the hangover from Coke, there's nothing worse. Ugh. Horrible. People say that about ecstasy, and I took, I think I took ecstasy once, like, 
apparently we took it but it like i didn't really feel anything i just like i didn't even feel anything that bad the next day but then when i did coke i was like oh my god i want to kill myself that's so funny i remember like in high school when everyone would do e they'd be like it depletes your serotonin take a 5-htp with it i know i love how it's like do this horrible thing to your body because we have this like weird juice that's gonna make you feel fine it's like maybe we just shouldn't take that thing in the first place (laughs) it's so funny in sobriety like i'll be like should i drink a red pill a red bull past 8 p.m but like i didn't mind doing coke for 24 hours straight I mean, I could see myself getting that way, which is why I stay away from it. Because I'm like, I do have an addictive personality. So it's like, I also am just poor. So I'm like, I don't know how people get it. If you just hang out with people, they have it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple friends who like never ran out of Coke. Where are they now? I don't talk to them anymore. That makes sense. I think like one of them is still like really going hard and it's kind of just like super sad. And the other one like had to move back home to his mom's in New Jersey. Like it didn't end well. I mean, it never does. You know, you know, it's like you can never just go hard in it. I know I love those people who are like, I'm not addicted to Coke. I only do it when I never buy it. I never buy it. Like that's their thing. I'm like, so you're a mooch too? (laughs) (laughs) You're just like a thief. So funny. They're like, I'm not addicted. I only do it when other people have it. And I'm like, yeah, you're just, like, cheap. Like, you still do it every weekend. You just don't pitch in. That's so funny. Um, yeah, well, I know, I know I've been talking to you about, you're right, I need to be sober, completely sober for 90 days. It's, yeah, I just get in these weird anxiety spouts. But I guess it's, like. That's normal. I know. I've just had such a hard time being, like. I don't know. I think once you, on your podcast, you said you were always just like a little bit worse than your friends. I was. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, because you're comparing yourself and you're like, we're all getting fucked up. But I was a little worse. And that's how I am, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, people would be like, <laughs> well, you've seen me at low points, I guess. You're like, I've seen you demolish a brownie on the comedy store patio. You're way worse. I forgot about that. I think about that every time I talk to you about like quitting drinking i'm like i bet she's thinking about the fucking brownie right now because i think about it maybe once a week wait was that a brownie sunday um was it a oh it was a brownie sunday yes that was such a oh that was so fun <laughs> so that brought i was very drunk at the coffee store patio and i ate an entire brownie sunday that was like very large like meant for four people i ate it by myself and then i woke up the next day and my shirt had brown all over it and i thought it was blood so I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where am I bleeding from? Because it was everywhere. And then I texted my friend Kylie. I'm like, dude, I think I was bleeding. And she was like, no, you were eating a brownie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then I like flashes of the brownie and then I like taste my mouth. I'm like, oh, that's what that chocolate is. Oh, OK. That's so funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, like being, it's like when you compare yourself to your friends, it's like hard to get sober that way. Cause it's almost like you're looking for an excuse to be like, I'm not that bad. Like everyone else is doing it, but you can't like pay attention to what everyone else is doing. You just have to think about your own experience and like how it's not working for you. No. Yeah, I know. But when you got sober, you got sober before you, you quit stripping, right? After. Oh, really? I just, I was doing stripping 20 to 23. And then I got uh, came into AA at like 26. I guess, you know, I'm thinking of, um, I like follow Casey Cooper, Coop on Instagram, or I used to follow her. And she talked about getting sober a lot on Instagram, but she was still stripping while she was sober. And I was like, 
I imagine that would be, I don't know if that would be tough. I just am not comfortable enough in my body. It would be impossible. And it's also like, when you get sober, it's also like you're living a sober life. It's not just about getting fucked up, but it's just about not doing things that just aren't good for you. You know, like stripping, like I never realized how much that affected my self-esteem until years, years, years later. When I looked at, when I look back and like, I'm having a hard time, like looking at a lot of my past right now and I'm working on it in therapy because you know, I'll like feel like really uncomfortable and like ashamed and I'll look back at like stuff I did and feel so bad about it. And I'm trying to like learn to have compassion and be like, you know, I didn't have directions in life. I was doing the best I could. I was surviving, blah, blah, blah. But like being sober is also like all around being sober in your life. So it's like, it's not just like with drinking, but it's like the way that you are as a person, you know? And the stuff that you put yourself through and the self-worth and self-esteem that you have for yourself. Totally. And that's what I'm working on with my therapist as well. Because I look at, I don't know, the way I texted someone when I was drunk or like the way I acted or like whatever. And I just get so embarrassed that I'm like, no one's thinking about it but myself. But I do do dwell on like everything I've done. Or like even when I was so, I don't know, just the way I've acted certain situations or held myself in an argument or the way I've been with friendships sometimes. I feel like I just feel guilty about all this shit. And I guess it's being alone right now and all we have to look at is like what we've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can hardly like, you know when people are like, what's your most embarrassing moment? Like, like a stupid question. I only can really think of two things in my life from like the span of my life. Like I don't really have that many embarrassing moments. So all these moments that we all like are overthinking and feeling embarrassed about and feeling like people, we're not going to fucking remember it, you know? Like it's not going to matter in a week. We'd be like, oh, like I did not remember the brownie Sunday. I'm like reaching to remember it, but like it, it was a good time, you know? It wasn't like, it, I, did, I wouldn't have thought it was embarrassing. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess that's the point with drinking, too, of, like, shit I did. Everyone's like, Hannah, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, but the guilt and shame and anxiety that comes with it is really the problem. Yeah. Or I guess not really the problem, but, like, it's bogging me down on a day-to-day level of, like, I don't know. I also, like, one time queefed when I hooked up with this guy. I was completely sober. But it, I think about that a lot. Yeah, but haven't you queefed, like, a ton of times? No, I haven't. And then all my friends said it's normal. And I'm like, it's not fucking normal. I literally but, have queefed like every time I've ever had sex. I don't really queef, no. How's that possible? I don't know. But then when it happened, I was like, <gasps> like, it was like, you know, when you like drop a dish and you're like, <gasps> like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed. That's so, I woke up jaggy from my laugh. Um, wait, that's so funny when you drop a dish. You know what I used to do? I used to I used to get defensive. I used to go, that's your fault. Because <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I'd be like, I didn't do it, you did it. And they're like, huh? Like, you okay? You're like, you put the air up there. I think I queefed when I lost my virginity. I did. And then he started smelling the air and I go, was it a fart? <laughs> I queefed when I, I've been queefing since I was 16, that means. Sorry. I mean, no, that's... <laughs> That's going to be the sound poll. Yeah, I guess I, I mean, I, I honestly, I have IBS, so I do fart a lot. I mean, not like a lot, but like I have been known to, you know, I can whip something up. So when I had a queef, I was like, 
like I'm usually so good at like <laughs> holding in my gas. Have you had a bad fart during sex? No, but I'm worried that when I fall asleep, I fart. Oh yeah, but everyone does. That's not true. Everyone doesn't. <laughs> I definitely have. <laughs> have you ever farted in your sleep and it woke you up and you're like, did they hear that? Yeah. One time a guy made me dinner and I got food poisoning. <laughs> and I got such bad gas to the point where like the fart not only woke me up, I think it woke the neighborhood up. Like LA was fully having an earthquake. But to be fair, he was like a chef at Islands. I was like, I don't know why. <laughs> I pee with the door open like every time I pee. I think it's like something I just was used to doing and like didn't really like think about once Steven moved in. And like you know, like, every time a girl pees, she farts, pretty much? Yeah. You know what I do? What? I, I take toilet paper, and I cover my asshole with it, so if I fart, it's muted. Oh, I know that trick. <laughs> That's the trick okay. when I was at guys' houses. I'd be, like, terrified I was going to, like, fart, so I would, yeah, I'd stuff it. I'd taxidermy <laughs> my ass. But, um, <laughs> the other thing, I, like, I was just peeing and, like, and like farting with the door open I was like Steven you know that girls pee all the time when they fart right <laughs> like I had to just check to make sure he knew it like wasn't just me and he was like yeah <laughs> this is a lot no I I came and then I like farted and then I started crying all in like one minute okay why because I was like laughing crying like, like I came and then like somehow I like farted like really soon after, maybe like 30 seconds after. And I was like, oh, like that's never happened to me before. And then I started laughing so hard that I started hysterically crying. And then like a wave of emotions overrode me. And then I was just straight crying. He was like, are you okay? He's like, can we just be quiet, please? <laughs> yeah. He was like, now we play the quiet game. What was he doing? He was just like hovering over you. Like, like staring at me, like wondering if I need to be locked up. I feel like right now everyone has so much emotion, so many emotions running through them that it's not fair to even judge that. Like, I would love to come fart and cry right now. Yeah. I don't want to brag. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in. Uh, well, do you want to, I guess, plug your, I, I don't know who's listening to this, so this might be. I hate being like, do you want to plug your stuff? Because I've recorded a few of these. No, no, no. Yeah, check uh, check my podcast out, The Chelsea Skidmore Show. Hannah's been a guest. Um, I've had a lot of great guests. And uh, yeah, Instagram at Chelsea Skidmore. And you know, when stand-up is back, I'll be at a club near you performing. Great. Thanks. <laughs>